You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, the Don Sean, and I am here with... Michael, oh, no, well, it's been a long time, bro. It is your patron saint, St. Parish Antoine, at your service once more. And we are here with the man, the myth. It's your turn, my guy. It's my, it's my yeah. turn? Oh, crap. <laughs> I, I'm Lauren, the proud host of Your Dose of Death podcast. Thank you for having me on, fellas. We appreciate Thank you, you for coming back into the penthouse. Don Sean, we've been, we've been gone for a bit, man. We have been well, we I've been gone it. for a bit. I can't I you can't have. Speak let's not, let's yes. let's not, let's not, let's not make it seem like I've been missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, I am so grateful. I am so pleased, number one, to have Lauren here with us. Me and Lauren have been going back and forth for a few weeks. Um, you guys haven't seen the episode yet, but I just recorded a few interviews last week and you've heard me talking about it how just the winter, the new year, the holiday, things kind of get crazy with the schedules. So a lot of rescheduling happened. Today's the day. Officially, no more reschedules, no more roadblocks, no more no call, no show. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. We got the man in the house. We are here with the number one deathmatch podcast in all of the land, your dose of death. There are a lot of great (laughs) deathmatch content creators. But what Lauren and Savino are doing on Your Dose of Death is great. And I'm so glad to have one half of that podcast here. You guys have seen the Kings Road Wrestling episode. If you have not, it is on our YouTube. It is on a bunch of our social media channels. And there's also an episode with Kings Road Wrestling family. Justin Finn also available. It is nice to have another extension of that family here on the show with us. So thank you, Lauren, for coming back. Thank you. You got me blushing over here. Come on now. You're gassing me up, man. <laughs> That's the type of energy we need, guys. Hype up you your fellow me? content creators in the same way. Bro, St. Polo, St. Parish, Anton. Welcome back to the penthouse, buddy. It's been a minute, guys. You, if you man. guys don't know, I'm not going to put my man's business out, but my man's been out here on a journey. We're talking about wrestling. My man's on a journey to become that wrestler that we all talk about. It's been pretty crazy. How you been, man? It's been quite a journey, my man. I can't complain. Uh, You know, it ain't about a complaint. It's about maintaining. So I've definitely been doing a lot of maintaining the last year and a half. Uh, A lot of a lot of work been put in. A lot more work to be put in. But uh, I'm I'm happy to be I'm happy to be back. It's talking elite. We back in the penthouse. Let's get this show rocking and rolling. Cause it's been a year and a half. We got we only got so little time to make up for so much time. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, we are here. Don Sean, St. Paris, Lauren, and we're just gonna jump right into it. Lauren, man, you know, there's a lot of content creators out there. So many people with just different vibes and just different things that they're going for, man. Uh, and I'm sure the number one question we all would have right in the beginning is, what made you? break through and have that confidence to say i want to start a podcast and Um, this is what it is i love this question i love answering this question because my story is not the most ideal but of course it's kind of the starts off typical um of course a lot of us during covid me especially we're kind of holed up or like you know trying to figure out our way to kind of get through things and um i will say this right off the bat for anyone listening to this, I never had any intention before 2021 to even be a podcaster to start off. I just want to say that this was a complete 180 in my life 
that I decided to take because I was like, okay, I'm just kind of going through things. I've been here. I kind of go in and out of circles. Um, but really, if if we want to pinpoint the exact moment. So this was October, I want to say, of um, 2020. GCW just started doing their collective event in Indianapolis. I wasn't there, of course. I was still a little cautious about doing a trip like that. And, of course, there, I mean, some people got sick, but that's kind of the risk we take these days. Um, but I was watching the match. And I, I started getting into deathmatch more during COVID too because we had so much time to go back. I'm a history buff, love history of anything. So combine deathmatch wrestling and history of it, like just watching back as a historian, just like it, it gets you so pumped up. So seeing Matt Tremont versus Alex Cologne, which was supposedly Matt's last match with GCW at the time. At the time. Eh, at the time. <laughs> And I was kind of on Twitter, just kind of interacting with people. I was in circles. And the circles I was around who were getting into GCW, they just started lamp like lampooning. They started making fun. They started berating the genre of deathmatch. They're like, I'm watching this show, but I don't want to watch this. It's like, what are you even doing here? If you're not going to give it 100%, like, don't do it at all. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, don't be in this. You're in this for wrong reasons. You're just in it because certain TV talent are on the show. What it, yeah. Current journalistic publication. I won't even mention who they are. They don't deserve the attention. They don't mm. need the attention. They were just kind of the ones leading the front on this. And I was like, you're not doing a good job. I just saw people who were in wrestling journalism not doing the job that they're that's put in front of them. Cover the show with a death match or not. And I mean, just do it. Like, I mean, it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that. But I was like, but then there something ticked in my brain during that night of Cologne versus Shane. I'm like, I can't just be that angry social media person my entire life. I just can't yeah. anymore. I want to make <laughs> I, I want to make a change. I want to do it well where I leave my mark on the wrestling community no matter what. And so I put out a tweet near like December of 2020. I'm like, Hey, listen, if anyone's interested in having me on, talk about deathmatch wrestling, anyone who wants me to do a podcast on it, feel free. Lo and behold, this little now pretty decently known wrestling podcast network called count out. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. They've been, they've been making the rounds a little lately. Um, and now since I've been a part of it, we've had now four shows. Since I was like show number one, I was part of the inception. And that's um, pretty dope. Mikey, I, I owe so much to Mikey Manfredi and Ryan Knightsey of Count Out for putting their faith in me. I first started writing for them. And um, the first article I ever did was like my test run interview. So this is about January of 2021. It was with um, Sean, you might know him, the smash hit Joel Bateman was my very first Absolutely. interview. Uh, yes. One of my best friends in literally the entire world. We may not be in the same country. We may not even be in the same continent, but our friendship knows no bounds. So shout out, Joel. I love you, dude. Yeah, um, shout out to Joel. I got to meet Joel. Sorry to cut you off. Um, go I got ahead. to meet Joel at uh, Marcus Mathers All I Want event. Um, you know, I, that was actually the first event I got to sponsor. And uh, we were there. And I got to meet Joel after his match with Cole Radrick. And, uh, oh, you know, hell of a match. Cool. You know, you know, he hits the Zandig and 
You know, he's covered <laughs> in blood and yeah. it's just, uh, you know, he was just, he was such, you know, obviously, you know, uh, with his accent and stuff, he was just, he was such a, you know, a sweetheart to talk to, just oh, very, very willing, just very willing, you know, even just when I was telling him, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a newer podcaster, just more so in the public, but, you know, I, I, I work around celebrities and talent all the time, you know what I mean, and what I do in my personal life, so I just let him know that, you know, I see them basically on that same level. They just don't get the recognition, you know, and he kind of chewed that up and ate that up and, you know, it brought yeah. a, a big smile to his face. But, man, like, it's it's amazing, man. Nobody really uh, nobody really understands what they're attempting to do and what those performances are. So I understand completely. I kind of get sick and tired of seeing the, oh, they're doing this for $20 and a Pepsi Cola and stuff comments to it frustrates me. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I sit with you when you say that, but uh, not to cut you off, let you continue. Sorry. No, um, no that's all good. I, I love the banter. It's always great. Um, Joel is a, a gem of the, the industry. Just not getting enough credit. Um, so we do that. And he's like, you definitely have what it takes. So I, I did the article. Ryan's like, this is good. Like, let's start. Let's start getting the groundwork. I get my microphone, get my head, my head, my first headset. This is my newer one. Um, and, I, I start putting flyers out there. I'm like, hey, I want to do like interview solely to start off. And the first person, the very first episode was none other than Bam Sullivan. I owe him a huge debt for putting his faith in me. Just some guy, random guy from just outside Chicago being like, oh, yeah, I'll do this interview. No, no charge whatsoever. And it just kind of avalanched from there where – I had him. I had Alex Cologne, another guy who I owe an absolute incredible ton to. I know he's taking a nice little break from wrestling, deservingly so. Um, but he he, I, he was one of the first guys I messaged, and without a single hesitation, he's like, "Yep." I'm like, "You sure?" Like, I'm not. I'm not like some like top tier deathmatch journalist yet. I'm just some dude. He's like, "Yep, no problem whatsoever." <laughs> like, we'll do it. Did that. Um, awesome. One of my favorite. And then it just went from him, Tremont, Mickey Knuckles, which is one of the craziest interviews. If you go back and listen to that, that was one of the craziest interviews I've ever done in my life where literally we recorded my friend who got me in touch with her. He's like, just so you know, she's going to be driving around because this is, we did this before Mania Week, the week before Mania Week. Wow. And she's like at a Walmart. She's then goes to a Qdoba. Then she's in her car. Just all over the damn place. And um, and it's crazy. Like that was like the first evolution of your dose of death, just getting these interviews, but then kind of was talking with myself. It was like I was talking with myself and I was like, I, I didn't think about it. I was like, I want to work alone. I feel like it's just my vision. But then they were like, you know, you should look for a co-host. And that's when Mike Servino came in. Servino came in, um, so his first time on the podcast, we did a, I believe, man, I, I it was, a, I think it was an NGI preview. It was the, it was NGI six, we previewed, and I was like, you know, like, I like this guy a lot, and I'm just not too sure though if he could be co-host. But he said he had had podcast experience, so I kept that in the back of my head. And then my my podcast bosses Ryan and Mikey, they're like, why don't you make Serena your co-host? And I'm like, you know, I think it's about damn time I make him my co-host. And we literally be, we we clicked from the minute I had him on first to recording day in day out. 
with him, it has just been an absolute pleasure, and it's been a hell of a ride. I mean, we've done so much, and not, I don't even think it's been a full year with him since he became my co-host. And he, he has just he has checked every box off that I need for a co-host. I really cannot complain. It's only going to get better from here. I mean, now we've just hit over 10,000 downloads for the podcast overall. We're probably one of the most listened to podcasts on the Countdown Network from my recollection. And um, we're out and about. We're working with promotions. We're sponsoring. We're just trying to do more than what we initially started. We want to give Deathmatch a good name. That's really the message I want to get out there. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, the platform you guys are presenting and creating, for sure, just as a whole, like I said, just the King Pro family. For sure, man. I mean, you just took the words right out of my mouth, Parrish. Just straight elevating it for sure. I mean, even from the time of when me and him did our episode last summer to where you guys are now too, just the the way you guys are creating the content, the way the content's being presented, just uh, just kind of the diverse avenues now that you guys are pursuing in terms of wrestler sponsorship, uh, manager sponsorship, you know, event sponsorship. It's, uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. You know, like, uh, it's amazing that you got Savino to be your co-host too, especially uh, seeing recently he posted news that He's going to be doing the CZW commentary, uh, if I'm correct, right, for the Tournament of Death? Um, so he did Tournament of Death this past year. He was going to do Ultraviolet Underground, but due to reasons out of his control, he's not doing Ultraviolet Underground anymore. That's just a decision he made on yeah, his own. But I, but, I, but I support him. I support him 110%, whatever he does. I mean, he's one of my best friends, and he did a hell of a job doing TOD. If you haven't seen that, Joe, check that show out. Did I, it, and mind you, the story. He I don't, did, he tell you, <laughs> did he tell you the story of how he got asked to do commentary for that show? It's a pretty incredible story. Actually. No, he didn't. So didn't he was already. He was already. He he had texted me at, the day after because I had already been texting with Big F and Joe, another one of my great friends in wrestling, one of the coolest dudes ever. But I knew Mike Servina was going to Term of Death with one of his friends. Shout out Jared Cornelius, a part of the. Kings Road family as well. And he's like, he parked his car to get ready to go in and they run up to his car and they're like, Hey, like Mike, we need you. And he's like, why? And he's like, they, they're like, we need you for commentary. The guy was supposed to do it. Didn't show up. Like we need someone to step on commentary with, I forget who it was that did it with them. And so literally it was a complete last minute, miracle that he was doing commentary for terminal dot it's pretty insane i mean i mean just think about how legendary that tournament of death is and you know we talked about it many times uh me him justin you know kind of when we got together just what that tournament meant for many of us watching czw earlier going back and watching czw tape so i mean it was pretty cool i remember seeing some clips he had shared i you know like i just said it before he channeled his inner joey styles for sure with his oh my gods (laughs) but you know the dude's a a great man you know and i got i have not a bad thing to say about him you know i'm 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 grateful to have be befriended by him and made friends you know with him and everything as well just kind of the way we do when we do chat you know it's always love and respect so you know i think you got a great co-host on board with you for sure man yeah uh could not be a better co-host everyone was saying that you two needed to work together and it's just match made in heaven as they say right Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Paris, you, what, what's uh, what's on your mind to ask Lauren, big guy? 
Man, I mean, you covered the deal of being able to like have the gumption to start a podcast. What made you just become a, a pro wrestling fan in general, or just a wrestling man? At heart? This is another fun one. Um, so what's funny is it wasn't a match that made me a fan back in two thousand eight. It was actually on the road to WrestleMania. It was a Randy Orton promo. I forget exactly when, but just the way he reeled me in. I was like, shit, like, I don't know who this is, but I just love what he's saying. Like, <laughs> I was channel surfing one night, and I was like, this guy's cool. And then I just kind of like, was, like, researching. I'm like, oh, this is a feud. And, I, like, it just all, like, kind of came together from there. And, um, I, like, my early favorites, I loved Edge and Christian, all-timers to me. Um, Christian, especially during his ECW run, like, that 2008, 2009, I was, like, the first real run I got into. <laughs> um, just those Tuesday night ECWs when he won the ECW championship were my favorite. Not a lot man. of people you guys talk talking about, about sci-fi right now. Talking about the yeah, movie. yeah, not <laughs> a lot of because not a lot of people mention the sci-fi era of ECW, man. But like not his all, run, I, his run to end like, that's what got so you good. There? <laughs> his run to end ECW was just so good. Like the matches with him, um, Shelton Benjamin, that TLC, that ladder match they yeah. had at TLC was so good. Um, him and Dreamer, like, not many guys can say they got a great match out of Dreamer in the later years of his yeah, career. Um, right. But yeah, it's just Christian was just such a good dude. I mean, Orton always will be a favorite. I think there's there's not many people in wrestling who can just reel you in with the gravitas that he has. Um, and to get a deathmatch wrestling, it was funny. I was just on YouTube one day, and I just it, it just popped up on my like. You know how YouTube is with like the algorithm and whatnot. Yeah, it just showed up, and I was like, "Yep, recommend for you." <laughs> it, it reeled me in, and I was like, "I am hooked." I'm like, "Where has this been my entire freaking life?" And how do I like look how do I after do it? it? So, well, no, oh hell no, I I, I I respect the guys too much. They'd be like, "Why is this guy getting the damn ring?" <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, no, but man. I do gotta ask, like, That's what that. was the first death match you saw? Man, I, I forget already. I think it was also it kind of like I don't remember the exact first match, but the first the the time where I was like I, I saw it and then I went away from it, but then saw it again was actually due to a good friend of mine. If you know Wrestling Unicorns, Martin Carrillo and John Huerta, two of the finest content creators in all of wrestling. Like there are you cannot find two great individuals like them. And they did NGI 4. They did the Nick Age Invitational 4. And just the clips I saw from that, everything from that show was like, yeah, I need to be here. And I need to, like, I will say what a what an amazing moment that no one talks about. I mean, yeah, Chicago is a hotbed of wrestling. But when Ricky Shane Page debuted in GCW and pulled the NWO team on the GCW belt, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps from that moment. I'm like, there are not many storytellers in deathmatch wrestling, it seemed like. And this guy popped up out of nowhere, did the RSP in orange on the GCW yeah. belt. I got chills. I was like, that is how you make a debut. No one does that on the indies anymore. If I'm correct, that was when he uh, started kind of his um, – started his, his – 440? Yeah, but that's uh, not only did the four four zero thing, but isn't that also the um, the feud he ended up feuding with uh, Gage with yes. that? No, yep, 
Yes. Yes. Gage won yes, NGI four. It was, it was stuck in my brain. It was just it hit that yeah. wall. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> um. So what happened was so Gage won NGI four. He was defending the GCW belt during that, and RSP actually took an ode from Edge. If you remember ECW One Night Stand, it was yeah. Cena and RVD when Edge came out with the biker helmet. So yeah. RSP did that as like a homage to Edge, which popped me even more. And did it and then like showed it was RSP and everyone was like, holy crap. And then did the NWO graffiti to the bell. And I was like, this has me hooked. This is exactly what we need in wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head kind of with, uh, that's something that we've talked about with Savino. I know it's something that I've heard clone go and talk about on many live streams that he's been a part of just kind of like the lost art of storytelling in Deathmatch wrestling. You know, I think it's been coming back a lot more. I feel like yes. the more certain participants have been hearing the bring storytelling, bring the, you know, the match rhythm and all that stuff back. Um, but yeah, like if you go on the early tapes, you know, just some, you know, the early XPWs, the early CZWs, just everything. It was a lot more wrestling, a lot less, you know, violence. And, and then just now it's just crazy ultra violence with a little bit of wrestling. You know, I think uh, certain mm -hmm. wrestlers have the ability to uh, still tell the story, you know, like the Drew Parker's reading images of the world. But, uh, you know, some of them are still lacking. So, you know, I, I definitely think with Deathmatch Wrestling that there's a lot of growth still yet to come. There is. Um, it's an interesting thing you bring up because I've wanted to talk about this for a while because the Deathmatch fan base is such an interesting enigma because we <laughs> they love it. this. They, they, they love this. They, they love what they do. It's yeah. it's probably the most interactive fan base because a lot of the wrestlers appreciate, so they'll give their appreciation. But sometimes I always feel they try to gatekeep the genre. Like, oh, they don't want getting bigger. Like, like when AEW would do some deathmatch oriented matches, they're like, why is this on TV? It's like, don't you want to see the thing that you love grow? Like, I that's the energy like I if, love. If you're gonna do it on TV, do it right. I remember those tweets. If you're gonna do it, do it right. But like those guys or those TV guys aren't deathmatch guys. No, right. and you gotta they, remember the TV guys are gonna have a little bit more of a limited, you know, capacity of what you usually see. Exactly, deathmatch. Exactly, and um, it's just, it's just, it just boggles my mind. They're all like, I don't want to see this, but I want to see. It's like. Like to me, like, yeah, it's just it, it blows my I mind mean, a little bit. So it's funny that you say that, right? So, I mean, we can go all the way back to probably the last episode me and Parrish did together, which okay. was uh, which was the Stan Michael episode, was kind of one of the episodes we uh started talking about how the deathmatch community or wrestling community fandom is becoming very clicky at times, right. Then that conversation carried over in the King's Road episode. And, you know, Savino <laughs> and me had a great chat about that. And, you know, I think uh, he has some opinions that, you know, we were able to voice on there. And then obviously, you know, there's certain things that you can't always put out on the open, you know of what course. I mean? And then there was, you know, conversations even on Jay Finn's episode. And then even Mario of the Lucha Outsider show episode. Like, yeah. this is a topic I feel like comes up. I've noticed with wrestlers, with creators, with other people. Yeah. It's just this uh, this clickiness or like this like you said this gatekeeping you know in the military yeah. we call them we call them badge protectors like the people who won't <laughs> help like you that. 
like they won't help you go and like earn your badge like the badge you would need whether it be like the expert infantry badge or the expert medical ba- field medical badge or the airborne or you know like people just want to it's a very exclusive club keep it for us but as you said you know and like Paris was saying number one they're on tv the scope of their death match knowledge is limited the best matches that we did get to see were the lights out masses you know which featured joey of course you yes. know joey was obviously able to push that for aew a bit um you know but i definitely think that some people like you said they just need to be more open they need to be more accepting like i am glad that they were able to get that style of uh wrestling just on the television even whether it was take conti and anna jay and you know what like was it the most phenomenal death match in the world no, no. was it a good match yes it was a good match did it bring eyes yeah. to the style yes it brought eyes yeah. to the style and you know for me like just as a, a wrestling fan in general like I can't sit here and say I'm a better wrestling fan than anybody else. You know what I mean? I just, I love wrestling. I love all forms. I love deathmatch. Deathmatch makes me happy. You know, like I don't, I, I can't lie. Like, you know what it's like. You, you go to the showboat for a GCW show and it's going insane. I brought yeah. my friend who's never been to a wrestling show to a GCW show, and even he was excited to talk about it after the fact. Yeah. And we talked about how Gary <laughs> Morton was sticking his ass on him still to this day. I want to say this. The way I put it with Deathmatch Wrestling, it's the most realistic art form of the genre. Like, it's... I always see fans, and this makes me laugh all the time. They're like, I want to see more blood in my wrestling. I want to see this. Like, I want to go back to the ads here. It's like, like, it's like exhibit a, like it's, it's there for you. You just don't want to see it because it's too much for you. It's like, then what, too, what is too much? It's like, then what is not too much? You know, it's just, it makes me laugh. Right. So that's just something I want to point out. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I just think, uh, I just think we all just have to be more endearing, you know, just in general as a, as a group, as a, as a unit, 100%. you know what I mean? Because it is us, the, the hardcore fans and even the casuals who come into, you know, it's up to us to, to welcome them. It's so funny, right? It's like at the time of the year that we're recording this, right? It's right at, it's right after new year's guys. It's about mid January, maybe late January now, right? However you want, yep. actually tomorrow's February. I'm bugged out. We're, we're, we're done with January. Is I'm done. Done. We're done with January. Sorry. All right. Obviously the year's flying by point being it's right after the new year. And right, like everybody has those New Year's re- resolutions, New Year, New Me. Some people want to go to the gym, right? And then you have those frequent gymmers, those ones who have been there for years who see these groups of people come in and we'll out. Get pissed off at the New Year's resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> right, but, but there's so many of them, right? This this what you just said, and this exactly goes with my point. So I'm glad you said that. There's so many of them who aren't like that, who do welcome the people because they remember when they were the ones with the New Year's resolution to get in the gym, right? It's almost the same thing with like wrestling fans. And I don't mean it just for deathmatch. Like I even mean it for WWE. In general, yeah. Just Absolutely. in general. Like you get lumped into these crews and it's almost like, oh well, I like this and I'm Tribalism. not allowed to like that. Like like what you want. Tribalism. Thank you, Parrish. Like, yeah. like yeah. what you want. Be welcoming. Like, you know, I've met some of the most yeah. amazing people in the last two years just going to the showboat, just hanging out, going to the Melrose, you know, the ballroom for GC done all this stuff, people who don't know me, who let me take pictures with them, of them, who let me talk to them and record. I mean, Paris, you were there for homecoming, the way we were walking up man. and down the boardwalk, just homecoming, man. Homecoming to the TOS. It was, it was something special. 
I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back. I'll be back at TOS this year. I'm yeah, aiming to do an Atlanta City trip, man. I'm aiming to do an Atlanta City trip. Don't know how many times this year, but I definitely would like to do it more than once. TOS yeah, is the best time of year to go. I'm just going to say that. I will say this. You know, it's looking like March is going to be quiet, and I, I'm sorry to anybody who's going to miss those shows because those cards are stacking up to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then right, they well, I mean, with the news GCW just the broke out today, though. Yeah, but I was just about to say, with the, new, with the news GCW just broke out today about Kota Ibushi being at the collective. I don't know, man. His contract uh, my presence tomorrow. In, my presence in Los Angeles ends. may be warranted. <laughs> it may just be might, warranted, look, you know. I might go sell my ass in the parking lot to get me to the WrestleMania Dude, too. God damn even it. if <laughs> I just, even if I just do the collective, I did the collective in Dallas last year. I'm like, that was an experience in it. So that was just like a whole wrestling convention. Yeah, like in yeah. its own right. Have you ever been yeah. to a collective, Lauren? No, I've not. I, I'm I'm hope Cali's a little expensive on my budget, but maybe next year. I'm I'm hoping Philly, next year. Yeah, Philly. I'm hoping for next Philly year is, too. I won't lie. I'm, I'm hoping for next year when it's in Philly as well to be uh to be a lot easier for me to get to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Cali's a little bit uh you know, I've been uh saying it for a long time. Cali's just it's 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 always it's in different. my reach, but always out of my reach, if that makes sense. Yep, exactly. That's exactly yep. it. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Um, we sponsored a few violence, like suffering shows last year, and um, yes, one of them I was supposed. To, yes, and shout out to Isaac, you're the man. Uh, I was supposed to go out there for one of their shows. Uh, we did. We sponsored the Coast to Coast, and then we sponsored the. Um, oh yeah. The one right after that. Uh, sorry, guys, the name's blanking on me, but we were. Um, I was supposed to fly out there. It was on a Thursday night, and just you know, it's like so I was saying, it's like always there for me to get to, but just always out of reach and. Maybe one day I'll get there, but next year, the collective, next year, WrestleMania, yeah. whatever it is, Philadelphia, I, I'm gonna be all sure. up in Philly like I'm a regular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be out east more than once this year. For those of you that get bummed, I only come out once a year because, like, Turner Survival is my like once a year East Coast trip. That's when everyone comes in. It's like the pilgrimage from everywhere yeah. and anywhere. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, <laughs> I, I like how that sounds. I'm dead serious when I say it. Like, I went yeah. to 666 two years ago now, and I yeah. literally, like, airdropped it. My flight got delayed, and my rental car almost ran out of gas. I had to, like, fill it up. I literally made – I only missed, like, one first-round match, and I was front row, so I was able to see, like, the rest of the show, tournament. Then last year – or, yeah, last year, crap. It's seven incredible time. Like TOS is the best time to go, but um, I, yeah, I seven was this. crazy. We ran into oh, those issues. Pains, Sorry to cut you off. Pains we my heart issues. because Dude, I he was missed the entire TOS last year. Yeah. Wait, yeah. yeah, no, I did. I missed the entire. But remember, TOS. I was waiting for you too by the airport. We were like trying to link it up. Man, there were so many obstacles that us getting to TOS last year. So many uh, hurdles. Was, uh, so he was many flying hurdles. out. His flight got delayed or something. There was flight. Oh, flight got delayed in Dallas. So stuck up in Dallas's airport for a whole twelve hours. Wow! It was like two thirty, and I'm still up north by New York. I live right outside of New York City, right? And uh, I put in the GPS to get down. The traffic to get down was insane. Like normally, a two half hour trip had became like a three and a half hour to four hour trip. Yeah, you're just like like, I was like, yo, bro. I was like, you gotta fly into Philly. 
Remember, I was telling you, I was like, you got to fly. Yeah, the and I was like, dog, I, they were I saying, like, the next flight wasn't yeah. to Philly wasn't Saturday night. And then yeah. I was like, man, I, I might as well just fight this board. I got there the at the halftime. Okay. I got there at the halftime, and they ended up giving me a – so, like, to kind of make up for the fact I got there so late, um, they ended up giving me free tickets to the Hall of Fame, the Deathmatch Hall of Fame. Oh, after. good. That's awesome. Yeah. So I literally – I wish I would have known you back then, man. Yeah, we would have been able to say what's up, but I, I got there um, for it. And, you know, I had been going to shows all that year. So, like, coming in, I was so excited for TOS because, like, oh, this is my first TOS in person. You know, I've watched this on YouTube. I've watched these on yeah. tapes for a minute now. Uh, like, deathmatch tournament and anything, that was my first. So I was so excited. And I got there in the middle of the Drew Parker and Tremont final. <laughs> <laughs> Literally uh, saw the last like that, the last seven minutes of the match. I was like, ah. <laughs> uh, I am so fortunate that as of the last few years, I have been able to attend basically the three biggest deathmatch tournaments, or, or three of the biggest deathmatch tournaments in the country. TOS, um, ICW Milwaukee runs the Insane Eight. That's up in Waukesha, Wisconsin, just yeah. outside Milwaukee. Oh. I've gone the last two years there. And then um, the NGI in Chicago, the Nick Gage Invitational, which always, always delivers. People are always like, oh, NGI is just TOS light. I'm like, no. NGI yeah. goes hard. I mean, I was, hard. There for, I was there for Takeda's return to the United States. Uh, it had a hell of a run. Like, for me, that was the first time I had met a Japanese deathmatch wrestler. And Takeda, I got Takeda to sign a – someone had delivered to me a BJW – program i was the one with him oh, wow. with the bjw title he was sitting on one of the turnbuckles with the belt and like covered in blood and i had him sign a silver sharpie and um i actually got that donated now but i was like I actually donated to someone for the takeda auction that happened if you remember that oh, when, that's uh, pretty sick when his wife passed away and he was being a single dad i a bunch of us got together to donate money to him and i auctioned off that piece and it, I love that piece so much, but I was like, you know what? This is God bigger bless, than man. wrestling. It's good karma. It's, it's good dude. karma right there. So, yes, um, but Takeda is an incredible human being, but an amazing deathmatch wrestler in person. He Absolutely. he does he does the simple things really well. Everyone's like, oh, flashy this, flashy that. No, like Drew Parker's learned, Rena's learned, all those guys have learned from Takeda. Simplicity is the spice of life. Sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, some of the most simple things they do are kind of what riles us up and gets us kind of um, cheering and going crazy. Yeah. And um, I got to say, one of the best matches, I will preach this match to the to the death of me, but Alex Colon, Masashi Takeda won at, N at NGI3. It was the first Chicago one they had done, but they brought in a tree branch during that match. And... um. <laughs> But, like, just the way they did things, like, that popped the crowd to no end. But, like, they had the knife boards. They had the giant tubes. They had tubes on ladders. They did everything in the kitchen sink. And to me, to this day, like, that match still holds up years later. That's the crazy yeah, thing. Still holds up. I mean, Clone has a catalog. Just a catalog. A catalog. Some great matches, man. So many phenomenal matches. Just, like. Some that are quick, some that are longer, just some that tell a full story, some that tell a half a story, some that leave you wanting more. I mean, man, 
Uh, like you said, he's on definitely a well-deserved break right now, but Clone has, yes. put, has definitely put on a show with some of the very best. You you were at Homecoming. Were you at the Cardona Homecoming? Yeah, the wedding? Come on. So, <laughs> no, I'm, ta- I'm, not, I'm talking about the one when Cardona beat Gage. Oh, the one before where he did, yeah. Didn't that yes. Uh, he had uh, just previously um, debuted just shortly before then, like either yes. one or two events before then, yeah. Zombie Walk mm-hmm. was that a few months before, but I'm pretty sure. Right I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure the Homecoming and Showboat with Cardona was my first GCW event. Okay. Showboat. Yeah. I got to ask you, what did you think of Drew Parker Cologne? What, on that show? Yeah. I mean, so I'll put it like this. I wasn't, and I'm going to be honest here, people don't hate me in the world. Gosh. It wasn't until after TOS 7 that I like was like sold on Drew Parker, right? I, I felt like I felt like I didn't know anything about him previously. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know anything about him before I saw that he was announced for TOS 7. And when TOS 7 was kind of coming around, I kind of did like a deep dive again just on all the people they announced and just like, because I had watched a lot of the CZW like back from like I want to say 2005 era to like 2008. I was like very heavy on like receiving tapes. Like my brother, my older okay. brother, would get tapes a lot when we were young, you know, for ECW and all these other things. And then kind of as things transitioned, he brought me like a lot of deathmatch tapes and backyard wrestling tapes. And then I fell off the deathmatch for a minute because I got really big into Ring of Honor and you know things like that. Of course. And I- Kind of watching, you know, more, you know, that style wrestling. Also, as like an amateur folk style wrestler, I kind of drifted away from, you know, the death match, just seeing like all the violence. I was kind of just put off by it for a little bit. And then out of nowhere, it just kind of popped back up, much like you said, and you recommended for you on YouTube. I saw some <laughs> Zona 23 stuff. Oh, was Zona like, 23. <laughs> exactly. And I was sold again. I was like, man, I missed this. Like, where is all this? And then I kind of did a deep dive, right? So, like, Clone and Parker homecoming match. I'm sure, like when I deep down think it was it was good. I'm sure though, like because for that first few events of me going to GCW, they were still a little more deathmatch heavy. It was yeah. still like a, it was still like a very different experience for me being there physically. Like I hadn't been to a deathmatch prior to those. You know, yeah. uh, I had just watched it on TV. And I'll tell you, man, like the showboat, my first time in there, you know, like I had, I smoked. So I had smoked a little bit before going in. Like, dude, being in that room and just hearing the energy, just seeing it all, it was exhilarating, right? But it was a lot. It was a lot. And I had to take it in and kind of mellow out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested because, I mean, I had actually texted Cologne the next day after him and Drew. And I was like, I am so goddamn proud of you for that match. And he's just like, stop making me blush. Drew's the real MVP here. (laughs) But like, Drew Parker has grown leaps and bounds from when a lot of the American fan base kind of knew him. His first show was to live and die in LA. I want to say 2017, 2018. And that was like, he would come out with the baggy pants. He was. He was doing just stuff in England. Like it was him and Chuck Mambo. If you remember Chuck Mambo, they were doing stuff. But he was like, I want to do this deathmatch stuff. And everyone kind of scoffed at him. They're like, oh, just some skinny, pretty boy, whatever. (laughs) And then when he started up wrestlers in the world, literally, there's there's just an aura with him where it's like he's only 25 or so. He's he's young. young. 
And I mean, the, the future of Deathmatch is in very good hands with him. Um, but like those GCW Japan shows, the first time they did them, that got him his BJW contract. Those yeah, literally got sure him his contract. I'm pretty sure he's one of like three foreigners to only ever Kaijin, hold. Yes. The, yeah, yeah, right. The Gaijins to hold the uh, the BJW, the Freedoms. And there's another one I'm pretty sure he held too, that he's one of um, two people. So he's so he is one of three Gaijins to have ever won a deathmatch tournament in Japan. I believe fully. I forget the third one. It might be Masada. Don't quote me on that one. Are the three that I've ever won a Japanese deathmatch tournament? Ikitosen, for those who are yeah. curious, for Drew. That was 2021. Um, Drew is probably one of the, I mean, I think it's BJW and um, Freedoms. He's held the King of Freedoms Championship. He's held both. Yeah, he's um, the current King of Freedoms. Current champion. still is. I mean, the matches he's put on for the that belt or world class. I mean, I mean, he wrestled Mieto. had just separated his shoulder. No, don't remind me of me. Me and Mieto, we're we're like buddies now. Me and Mieto had an interesting <laughs> time. Um, oh, I guess I gotta tell, I gotta dish the dirt on this one with him and Ciclope here. Um, <laughs> so NGI, this most recent Nick Cage Invitational. I was already helping out Big F and Joe. Shout Big F and Joe, one of my favorite people as well. He was a part of the NGI. Um, literally almost didn't even make it to NGI. Literally, his initial flight got canceled. We had to basically scramble to give him a flight that had a 12-hour layover in JFK. And then he came into Chicago the morning of the tournament. Wow. Um, but so that Sunday Jet was Wisconsin lag. death. Yeah. So it was Sunday was at Wisconsin Death Trip, and I was I drove him and Jimmy Lloyd, shout Jimmy, um, to the venue in Milwaukee, and I'm like putting some stuff back in the car, and Miedo and Ciclope approach me, and Miedo's like, "You busy?" I'm like, "Oh, like no, I'm not," and he shows me his phone, like again, guys, like this is just this is tourist tourists being tourists, so I just want to explain that. He puts out his phone. He shows me his Google Maps. He shows me an address. It's the site of where Jeffrey Dahmer's house was. So I literally drove the two of them around Milwaukee <laughs> to like the site. It wasn't like the house is not there anymore. But I drove them, and th these guys are taking <laughs> photos like in front of the steps what? of where <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's house was. I didn't tell him it was the exact house, so apologies. Oh, my God. But, like, it's the exact, <laughs> like, address of where it was. Yeah, it's time for me to take your picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe this. And so, like, whenever they see me, they'll always give me free merch. They'll always say hi to me now. Like, me and Ciclope, uh, Miedo, awesome. we're, like, <laughs> the best of buds now. So, That's oh pretty funny. Like, I, I, I always call him my yeah. Dahmer friend. I always call him my Dahmer friend now. <laughs> That's hysterical. I mean, I would do that the same. I would always reference story. that because that is wild. My metal and Ciclope story is nowhere near as cool. Me and uh, me and Savino were walking the boardwalk before recording his episode, and I told him I would buy him lunch before we went upstairs and recorded. And I remember us just going to uh, Brickers Burgers. We sat Brickers. down in the next him and uh, him and Mieto, uh, Mieto and Ciclope get sat right next to us, and the entire time now we're eating. <laughs> Savino's like. 30. 
you know, he's like turning to talk to them randomly. And then like the, um, the waitress is like, Oh, Oh, they're wrestlers. Oh, they do that crazy, that craziness. Right. And like, <laughs> they're like, they're just trying to eat their breakfast, dude. Yeah. And we're all oh, just like there. And then out of nowhere, we, we were just like, you know, Oh, sorry. We had, I ended up paying for their, um, their breakfast too, but man, oh, I was nice. just like, dude, it was hysterical, man. They were just sitting there. It was it was funny. They were just like two feet away from us. And like, you know, like when you do like the side eye to like, all right, are you gonna bother me? You're gonna leave me alone. Yeah, like you're like, gonna the go. Entire yeah. time that they're eating like 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 what's up? Am I gonna be left alone? It was pretty funny. Um, I gotta say as guys, well, man. they're amazing, they're wonderful guys. Um, I was there for their return to the States at Cage of Survival. Um what a moment. That was a super like, pop. Super well, pop when they wrestled Rina and Toro, you're saying? Oh my god, man. That was a batshit crazy attack match. <laughs> I mean, for one, like when Brett was making the cryptic tweets about I got a big surprise for everyone, like this is for all the fans who have stuck with them and all that. And I'm like, who's and I'm like, oh my god. I I shed a tear too when he announced Messias was coming back. I'm like, they aren't I was like, I was about to message Brett, but like, you're bullshitting me. You're bullshitting me right now, bro. They are not here. Like I've been dying to meet them, and I we took a photo at that COS. Um, that was the same match where Servino cut his knee. I was right next to him yeah. actually when that happened. I was right behind you guys. You the hell? I was right yeah, I was right behind you guys. We yeah, right like you guys. okay, yeah. yeah this is all right. This is literally the event right before we all met each other because uh, uh, it was after that event we kind of like were eyeing each other down a bit, and then. I remember. I, I um, didn't know who you were, but you and Sir. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I had showed him. I have a bunch of pictures in the videos of mine. Have him with his hat on backwards in the background. <laughs> so you know, I was like, "Yo, bro!" Like, I was like, "I have a bunch of videos in here with you in it." I was like, "How do you feel about you know, like doing an episode where we talk about you?" And then that's kind of what set it off because. The vlog I made about him, like that's after the interview, was all literally just. It wasn't anything that we did there. It was all footage from like yep. other events where I was just recording stuff, and he was in the background. So it just worked out where I'm talking about him and like how he's creating his own thing, and you know I already had all this stuff to mingle together of him running past people to record entrances and you know stuff. He like flies that. around. So pretty he funny. flies yeah. around. He. Fl- me and him during Cage of Survival, I mean, you were right behind us, but, like, I, I, you probably remember when Mike's like, you sure we should stay here? And Kaya McKenna, she's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And I'm like, I guess we'll be fine. So it's like the the row of, like, me, Servino, you know, TJ by now probably yeah. as well. The TJ in front the whole of squad, the three of yeah. us. We're just all chilling there. We're like, we're really going to die here, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. That man. was close. That was close. That-, that environment was just insane, dude. And then just the the, the COS itself, like with oh, yeah, and, and Jesus, Murdoch and Cologne. So most spots so are crazy. Uh, that yeah. I was nervous, and then I sent it to I sent some of the clips to Joel Bateman, and um, he's like, "That is some very flimsy wire." Yeah. <laughs> Stuff for the the cage. Like, Just the setup flimsy. of the cage alone. No, yeah. it, I sat on the bum of Cologne doing the over onto that pane right in front of us. So yeah, I showed. Yeah, it's like that is not some very well secured um wiring. <laughs> not at all. I mean, even when they went through the front, <laughs> even when they went through the folded part of the cage, that yeah, was by the rope. Yeah, 
Yeah. That was insane too. I mean, like all the spots of that event were insane. I mean, I remember uh, that was my first experience seeing uh Cyclope outside yeah. of Zona videos. Oh yeah. So I'd only seen them in Zona videos. I hadn't seen them when they were in, you know, GCW and Homedale and all that. Like those are for like the real OGs. You know, that was like for a lot and, of and us I, that have stuck by GCW, that was such a huge moment for us. Yeah, because I mean we didn't know if they were gonna come back. We didn't know if they were ever yeah, gonna come back. Not a lot of people did. I mean, I remember, and I mean, Paris has heard me talk about this so many times. Like before GCW, when it was Jersey Championship Wrestling, when Gino had it, like that's when I was watching it. And you know, when it sold, I didn't know, you know, like what it was going to be. Man, first and foremost, we've been doing all this talking, but he mentioned a guy that's honestly to me one of the goats of just wrestling in general. Shout out to Brett, man, because he is doing the Lord's work with his booking <laughs> and the people he is bringing. I mean. We talked about Kota Ibushi for the collective. I mean, Maki Ito, uh, fucking Rina, Drew, just the Kingo. Oh my god, the, the King, oh my Maki Kingo. I have a ring worn signed the Kingo helmet from the match against oh, Bandito. I got it. That's at awesome. New Year's. I got that's it awesome. at New Year's. It was a once in a lifetime piece. He said, "Listen, I'm only here for right now, and I'm never coming back with them." And I was like, "Give it to me. Give it to me. Sign it." <laughs> But yeah, man, um, shout out to Brett because he's doing the Lord's work out here, man. One of the busiest men in independent wrestling does not get any busier than what he's doing right now. And all it sounds like it's all wrestling at this. All wrestling, game. yeah. I was gonna say, I'll say all wrestling. Bump independent, just the independent scene. Um, That's what I'm saying. I got in wrestling. I want to pivot just a little bit. I want to plug a promotion that I'm that's really near and dear to my heart. Who um, me and Sean talked a little bit before we went on air um, that I'm actually absolutely honored to be sponsoring and working for no man's land wrestling. Um, they're going to be running March 17th at the H2O center in Williamstown, New Jersey. Of course the house of Tremont, as I call it. Um, but it's being run with Neil diamond cutter. Who's literally one of my best friends in the entire freaking world. Um, I owe Neil a shit ton and then Satu Jin and um, Thomas held. I actually just, Literally today, as of we're recording this, the episode is out for everyone. I'm doing a collaborative piece called The Road to No Man's Land where I spotlight the promotion, whether it's the visionaries behind it, whether it's talent, whether it's the commentary team, we're working on it. Um, just really trying to give this promotion a new light because they're a brand new promotion, literally from the ground up. Um, it is, it's an absolute honor. And um, something I want to talk about too, just a little bit, is um, thanks to the podcast, I'm trying to – do commentary. I'm trying to do wrestling commentary. Right and on. as of right now, um, my commentary debut will be March 17th. I am doing a match for the show. Um, happy to say I'll be doing the Jess Moss, Kelsey Reagan match for that show. I'm really honored to be doing oh, wow. it. Um, so it's really, it's a huge honor. And it's, I, I, again, I want to thank Neil so much for letting me, um, be a part of it, sponsor it. But he was like, Hey, if you want to do commentary for a match, we'll let you. And I said, absolutely. So um, you'll be seeing clips. Me and Serena will both be there making sure the Kings road page is full of clips. We're, we have an incredible card. Um, Callum butcher. If you know, DMDU, not of DMDU fame, he's making his yeah. American Deathmatch debut at no man's land wrestling against Satu Jin. Um, the main event, as of right now, we got Neil Diamond Cutter facing Clint Margera, who's making his return to the United States. Wow. And um, the big third death match we got is 
If you know one of the baddest women I know in deathmatch wrestling, Randy West, Michigan, blue blood to the bone. She's the current RPW Rust Belt deathmatch champion. Teaming up with Casey Catal, taking on none other than Hoodfoot and Matt Tremont in a tag team. So if you got nothing going on March 17th, if you want to come out to Williamstown, New Jersey, Come to No Man's Land Wrestling Presents If It Bleeds. Um, myself, the Bocce Boys, Kings Road's going to be on that very soon. We're all sponsoring it. We're all going to be putting a hand in. Um, Shout out to again, the Bocce Boys. Bocce's. I, I, I got to meet them one of these days. I got to make sure that happens. So Yeah, I got to. I got to. I've been around them. I've met Andy. I've shaken his hand. I don't think he would co-sign that he's met me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know we've taken ads because of, you know. International man of mystery, Andy D. I'm just going to call him that from now on. International yeah, man of mystery. Sure. Uh, but that's pretty uh, yeah. dope, man. Check it out. Your dose of death. No man's land wrestling. Shout out to Lauren. He's going to be stepping up, adding another feather to the cap, doing commentary, as he said. So that's pretty dope, man. Congratulations to you, to all, you. You guys, all your guys' work and hard work. Shout out to Neil, uh, like you said, Neil Diamond Cutter, one of the best deathmatch wrestlers um, there is currently as well. Want to put a thing out for Neil. I know he recently got injured, um, injured, literally got a broken forearm right now. He's actually going to be getting surgery on Thursday. Um, I'll send you guys the link. There's a GoFundMe going around for just the makeup for medical costs. So, um, but he will be good to go for no man's land. Basically it's a six week recovery. No man's lands in seven weeks. So we're, we just hit the the buzzer. Leave the cash on it. Hit him with it, Neil. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, um, feel free to donate to that GoFundMe. Feel free to donate to that GoFundMe for him. Um, but he'll be back better than ever. Um, but I just want to put that out there because, as a community, we love to support one another. And Neil is um, someone who deserves your support. Absolutely, guys. So he'll send that to us, and we'll make sure it is in the description section of this video in our YouTube. So if you guys watch this on our YouTube when it debuts, it will be in the description section. You guys can click the link below. We're going to preemptively do this now since I know it will be in here when we edit it. Um, And we'll make sure that happens. So, guys, we got a chance to hear a bit about Lauren, to hear a bit about your dose of death and just some of the inner workings, its early beginnings, and just his co-host Savino, just some of the items that he's kind of pushing to do. Uh, Certain things I'm sure we all want to talk about. We're going to kind of – tangent off a little bit about him and your dose of death and we're going to talk about some of uh, what's occurred in the wrestling world just in the last couple weeks um not to start grim but for sure something i definitely want to ask you know um you know i know jay briscoe was a huge important wrestler in my lifetime somebody who i was a ginormous fan of i had the pleasure of meeting once um at the ring of honor new japan uh um, Supercard at the Garden a few years ago in 2019. Um, I just wanted to say, like, did uh, did Jay mean anything to you? Was that any uh, inspiration you took from him? You know, just kind of in your wrestling fandom. With me, um, Jay, I had the pleasure of meeting him at Warrior Wrestling last year, and it was right after Hammerstein. I was at the GCW show in Hammerstein. Um, Pretty much, Jay, to me, was truly one of the most influential wrestlers. I mean, one of the probably the best Ring of Honor champions ever, honestly. But um, 
I had a piece of the door from the main event of Hammerstein with the Briscoes versus Tremont and Gage when Gage made his huge return. And I had the Briscoes both sign it. Um, and they asked me how you liked that show. It was a great time. Like, but Jay, um, we kind of had a little fun. I wanted to like film a promo, but Jay as a joke would like no sell it. Like he just kind of like had the <laughs> arms of this. And I was like, Mark was doing his best mean Gene Okerlund for the, <laughs> show, for the show while Jay's just no sell. Cause I had said, I like, we should film a promo for GCW as a joke. And he took it kind of serious, but like, again, we just no sold it. And, um, Jay was just like loving it, but he's like, I shook his hand. I was like, thank you so much. And, um, I, I miss Jay. He really, he really showed what it meant to not only just be a wrestler in the ring, but just a good human being outside of it. I know he had his demons in the past and everyone has their demons in the past, but he overcame those and showed the true definition of being a better person and learning from your mistakes. Just growth in general, I think, uh, just kind of like what you were saying, you know, um, like one of the biggest controversies is the Warner denying the AEW tribute show and having it be on the YouTube and whatnot. And, you know, that's kind of on them for not choosing to see, um, you know, how he stepped up, that's how he elevated. Mark. Um, but, you know, I think uh, the fact that, and it's not to say it like that, so nobody come out their bridges about it, but when a figure such as Effie, who is such a leader of the wrestling is gay movement of the LBGT community and wrestling to come out on his own message and say how much Jay meant to him and how kind and beautiful Jay was as a person to him. Yeah. I think when people like that are speaking, their words should be taken into effect. And, you know, like you said, man, he overcame a lot people, but you know, it's, it's just one of those things. People bring up dirt from the past. And, uh, you know, when you're younger and you're a little bit more immature and you don't have the ability to use critical thinking and actually deep down think and use a deeper thought process, you know, sometimes ignorant things or less than kind things can be said. And like you said, man, the dude's life just kind of proved and shown that, you know, like mm -hmm. something they all talked about even after he passed, how he believed in the power of prayer and so many other yeah. things, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's a big loss to the community. I mean, Parrish, what do you have to say about it? Big, a big blow. I mean, I wasn't heavy on the Briscoes, I'm going to be honest, but like the very first time I got to see the Briscoes in action, it was ironically enough, both times I saw the Briscoes in action were in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the first time I saw them, I think it was that match against, if I'm not mistaken, it was against SGC, was it for the tag team titles? I knew they had the, tag, the GCW tag team titles at the time. And then the second yeah. time, of course, it was the supercard match against FTR. So I like I never got a chance to meet them, but I always got a chance to see how they operated in the ring. And man, they were surgeon generals. And just hearing all the words and all the outpouring of love that Jay received and how Jay was outside the ring, and just as a testament to the character and the man that he was, even past the mistakes that he's made. Um, yeah. like you said, Warner Brothers not getting that uh Warner or Warner Media, whatever, not giving them that time to have the tribute show. That's a blemish on their part. But, of course, they they did the right thing by allowing Jay and Mark to have that match a week later. Uh, and just a beautiful and touching tribute all the way around. And he will be sorely missed. He will be sorely uh, missed by this wrestling community. And then, of course, just reaching for the sky. Just reach for the sky at all times, you know. That's it. 
I love the story. Uh, Lauren, you're muted uh, if you're trying to talk to us, brother. Um, I say top five dead or alive. Yeah. 100,000%. 100,000%. I mean, the story Mark told at the funeral, just the families got told, uh, you know, for those who were able to see some of the clips that are circling the internet, uh, definitely take the time to watch it if you can. Definitely. And, you know, I don't normally like to plug AEW because sometimes they like to buzz balls for smaller creators and stuff like that. But, you know, definitely go check out the Ring of Honor tribute to Jay Briscoe show on their YouTube. It's about three hours and some change. Um, I've watched it a few times. It is a beautiful show. Um, definitely, you know, filled with a lot of emotion from a lot of great, you know, wrestlers, some who had a deeper connection to Jay than others. But, you know, shout out to all of them for, you know, giving it their all and putting on a show. Um, let's get off that grim topic and let's get to some more recent news. I mean, the Royal Rumble just occurred this weekend. I mean, are we surprised? Cody Rose, Rhea Ripley. I did call them two winning, but I, I did lie. too. Don Sean's a little frustrated. It was only 29 people in the men's Royal Rumble this year. Oh my God, we're not doing this, bro. Curtis I'm Axel versus Rey Mysterio. Thank you. First of all, it was Curtis Axel as well. In what year? What, 20, 2013, 2014? 2014. Does that happen as well? 2018. Okay, then even more recent than that. <laughs> listen, Curtis, no, listen. We're not when, when Cody jumped over the top ropes, both of you hurt the floor. Imagine Rey Mysterio would have came out from under with the booyaka. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goof, even if that was the case, Gunther should have won that. Of course. Oh, well, but overall, I think, the right man won the men's rumble. The right man won the rumble. I agree. I, mean, I agree. Cody or nothing. I, I mean, Cody or I, nothing. I will say that if the main event didn't happen the way it did later in the night, then yes, Sami Zayn should have, by all dues, should have won that Royal Rumble. But you know what? That's okay. That's all right. What happened yeah, earlier in the night, later in that night, was, was meant to happen. That's funny. Man, uh, Cody winning. Rhea. Rhea Cody going winning was definitely something. Rhea going <laughs> bell to bell. I love that. Wire to wire. Tell. I love the fact of that. And you know something? It's ironic with history because that was the, what, the fifth women's Royal Rumble? Yep. And that's what it took. It wasn't until the fifth one where the first person went bell to bell for the men's too, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was Shawn Michaels who went bell to bell in the, in the, in the fifth Rumble itself. So it was very... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very much, you know, apropos that uh, this happened at that time. And congratulations to Rhea. She, did, she is more than deserving of that match. I just hope in the case of the Raw Women's title match, which is wide open, people are smart enough to go at Asuka in terms of going against Bianca Belair. Yeah, well, I, mean, I would they, agree with that. Gonna do, they're going to do the Elimination Chamber for the winner to face Bianca at Mania. Yes, and I'm so hoping that's it's Asuka. I am I'm not going to lie. I think they're going to position Carmella. Oh, God, no. Come on, bro. Listen, I'm just telling you, right? For her to return at this point in time. I love Mello. I love Mello. I like Mello, too. I'm just saying this is what makes sense to me. For her returning at this point in time, it doesn't make sense for her to cut a promo that she's going to be competing at the top right before the elimination chamber. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I can see Asuka and Carmella being the final two in the chamber. And that could be something that they tried to preview with us seeing them last night, you know? Kind of yeah. Saying, if you can't, like, if you just bring in, like, you, re- you reintroduced the Asuka of old, so I'm just like... I mean, Kana is important to Japanese women's wrestling history. People need to remember that. It's kind yeah, of what... 
That's what I'm saying. No, you like, guys about to say just, something. <laughs> no, you reintroduced Kana, so it's just like, man, why why go in the direction of like, you know, as much like I said, I love Carmella. I love that she's back. Wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. I definitely it's think kinda like uh Kana coming back should have brought back that NS team mystique of Asuka. Mm-hmm. Where like the streak started. I definitely think this is what needs to happen with that being brought back. And I yeah. feel like that'll happen. I feel like if they go the direction I think they're going to go, Asuka will get that match against Bianca. But does she get put over? She should. But does she? I think she sh- Yes, she, yes, yes. <laughs> Listen. I, I think don't. Bianca loses at Mania for sure. To then be, what, fact, that'd be, to be her, fair, she, she goes Mania to Mania. Here, right? Right, that's mania to mania. Yeah, that's I mean, mania. one of the bigger stars that WWE has right now in terms of people of person of color, p- peaking interest, you know, stuff like that. She's a great yeah. PR thing for them as I well. Feel like so that's why Bianca's done such a good job. She's one of those cases that she doesn't need the title. That I do At agree point, with. Yeah. She's gonna be near the top of the card, regardless. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She's done enough work where she's like, okay, I don't I think she's good enough to not hold the title and she'll be okay, even like without the title. I feel like Charlotte coming back and winning the title off rip in her first match back. I'm like, did you really yeah, I'm not, to do that? Not, that was the first that was the first time in my life I was not upset about it because Jesus, what a terrible, <laughs> terrible run Ronda was having. I mean, she uh... even botched, she even botched one more last promo where she called it Russell Slam. Or whatever it was, SummerSlam. She was all wrong about her pay per view. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not gonna stunt. That was the first and only time where I was ever like, "Thank you, Charlotte, for winning the belt on your first night back again." Because at this point, I would watch her beat Ronda every night for the belt if that's what it took to not see yeah. Ronda wear the belt. Damn, that's kind of harsh. I uh, know, bro. No offense, man. That was. I'd rather watch Liv run five more times before I see. I would too. I would love to watch Liv win the title five more times. Because I would have been okay with her even winning the rumble, going wide or wide. Bro, the, the fact that they're trying to sell us that she's the baddest woman on the planet. I'm tired of hearing that. We all watched her get her shit knocked out twice in MMA fights. She's not the baddest woman on the planet. Not even close. Uh, nope. It's always the right. same thing. She grabs the arm. She looks at the camera. She's like, you want me to do it? You want me to do the arm bar? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Like. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like some, it's like some really bad cliche, like C-list movie. This is literally, it's literally what it's yeah. like. Dude, I'd rather go watch The Rock go act in a movie again where he's just going to be The Rock just in a different Exactly. Setting. Exactly. I feel like the rock. You know, I don't know. That, Black that, Adam, like the rock, the same person. <laughs> in a way, yeah. very much so. In a way, yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like Rhonda in the last few Charlotte? years. Yes, and I feel like that's of course. I feel like Rhea Ripley should get this match back at WrestleMania. It, the the story's it there with Rhea. And exactly. Charlotte. So, I mean, it's kind of ideal. I wish they would have went the Rhea and Bianca Belair route, but I understand because of what happened. This I feel like they're running back the pandemic stories all over again. This they time are. Fans. And it's a yeah. it's a cool move. I do like that move for Garth. Smart. It's smart. I think right. Rhea, like you said, challenges Charlotte is smart. It picks up from last year where she lost the NXT Women's title to her. Um, and it establishes yeah. her 
at a WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Like this is something I think a lot of people are missing. And when WrestleMania 21 occurred, which was WrestleMania go Hollywood, the first one, that was where John Cena won his first title. That was where Batista won from Triple H, you know, yeah. those were star. That was a star making mania. I can't see them trying not to put the youngster and Rhea over, over Charlotte. You know, this is going to be her, career defining moment so in my opinion it has to be Rhea to win you know it has to be a tough fought win but she has to be the one to win it will be I think this will be I think it will be head and shoulders better than their first Rhea is one of the hottest acts in WWE right now like it's 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 she's undeniable right now it's really everything she does is gold literally I mean even since NXT though she's been she's been hot since the whole Tony Storm feud in NXT UK. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, we can man. go that far back with her. I mean, I've been a fan since before the, you know, the black hair with the long blonde hair. So it's pretty cool, you know, to see her go from where, you know, she was one of the very first Australian stars really signed to, you know, the WWE. Now she is, in my opinion, the biggest yeah. one from, you know, Agreed. from Australia, New Zealand region, and just in general. You know? And they have a lot more talent she is. now there. Let's call mommy. it what it is. She is the <laughs> mommy's the leader of Judgment Day. Sorry to fail out. Mommy is yeah. the leader. She is. The I'm not leader. gonna lie. I was really oh, yeah. happy we finally got to see Balor versus Cody. I just wish it was uh for a little bit more grand, you know. Yeah, I wish I it mean, was pay per view. I wish we got to see the demon. You know, there's there's obviously like this the fanboy in me that wanted way more out of it, but I'm glad we we're getting. To I see feel Cody like for the fact some of them. Right. For the fact that we were able to get that match, of course, I thought they were going to go the Dom versus Cody route, but pretty cool that they went the Finn versus Cody route. Yeah. Um, I mean, Edge playing a role in it, I feel like it won't happen again. I feel like these two will cross paths one more time next time. It may yeah. be for the WWE Championship, potentially. So All I know we'll, is we'll they need to start happens. putting Bullet Club storyline in it. <laughs> I think... That's why I'm saying I think the next time around it definitely will. For the fact that the lead, the former leader, went up against the former member, it, the yeah. story, like part of yeah. that story, is definitely there. Well, you know, you got to remember one of the biggest storylines that really kind of put the Bullet Club over was the Kenny and Cody struggle for the leadership. Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is fine. It's absolutely fine. Oh man, I posted right, right about that when I saw the Bucks change their bio to the <laughs> gun. That made me Bullet so Club happy. Bullet Club is fine, man. It fine. is fine. Fine. It's never going anywhere. Saturday night. It's after Saturday night. It's more than fine. Definitely yeah, more than fine. Definitely more than fine. Awesome. So, Lauren, any uh, any events coming up that you're looking forward to? Any events you're going to be at that you want to tell the I world mean, about? Of course, No Man's Land in um, March is kind of the one I'm really gearing my focus and energy to. But I mean, of course, I mean the beginning of March, you got those that big showboat weekend, you know. I mean, Drew Parker, John Wayne Murdoch, the the Duke versus the Prince. I mean, it does not get any better than that. I mean, I've said it since Murdoch came back to GCW, NGI6, but his run from NGI6 all the way to NGI7, chef's kiss, like, yeah, I mean, he be. put himself he put himself back out there. He, he took calculated risks. He... Went on and won NGI seven usurping Alex Cologne from the deathmatch ace hole that GCW's been kind of needing. He's really the deathmatch ace for GCW right now. But Drew, I mean, scorched earth, king of freedoms champion, 
one of the the best and brightest stars that this industry has. Um, but also that same event, reading Amashita, bringing that GC Ultraviolet back. It, I I will be dancing to Mariah Carey when that shit blasts at the showboat from my home. I will make sure. Oh, I'll make damn me. sure. I, I will be make vibing sure hard. The hard cam. You'll see my ass. <laughs> you'll see my ass the whole entire time, guys. Make sure you're yeah. watching the hard cam. Rena versus Casey. Anybody that's been following Talking Elite, you guys know those are two of my favorite female wrestlers this- in the world currently. The fact that the queens of the modern-day deathmatch, the modern-day queens of deathmatch, are about to tie it up. I could only... The only thing that would make it better would be if Casey still had her American deathmatch championship. Uh, due to contractual I obligations, we wouldn't be able to see one of those belts, but... I know. But I know I'm just every, saying. Everyone in the building... <laughs> Everyone in the building would already be like, oh, champ versus champ. You know, it is. Yeah, what it is. everybody knows what it is. Um, I got to say, though, some, I want to just plug someone who does an incredible job that or did an incredible job covering women's deathmatch wrestling to Maya Greenlee. Um, she goes by Scholar and Elbow on Insta and I believe Twitter as well. If you guys picked up the most, not the most recent PWI, but the one with the tag team rankings. She did an article about the woman of death match and Casey was kind of at the forefront of it, but yeah, the centerfold. Um, I remember that. And um, the thing is, I mean, to my, like, you don't, there's not a lot of talk about the woman of death match wrestling enough. I'll say. And I mean, Casey really became not just any other woman doing death match, but one of the top tier, um, and I had such a fun conversation. Me and Serena both had a fun conversation with her on Your Dose of Death. So if you want to hit up an episode, if you're looking curious, that's one I, I highly recommend. She is incredibly intelligent when it comes to deathmatch wrestling. Really was such an intelligent but fun conversation with her. So shout out to Tamaya. Shout out to Women's Deathmatch Wrestling. It, 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 it's some of the best stuff you see out there. I'm just going to say that. I mean, Sawyer Wreck, just another so, woman in name. One of my and favorites. Literally Mickey my favorite. Knuckles, a classic, a classic I'm OG in the women's deathmatch game. You got newer ones, Kelsey Reagan, you know, you got uh, Ch- Charlie Evans, Chavs. Charlie Evans, one of the best, you know what I mean? There's so many up-and-comers. There's so many who have been on the ground putting in work for a few years. Uh, you know, uh, there's some other ones, you know, who are – not as Lindsay Snow, Ludark Shaitan. You can keep going. I mean, you even got Sadie <laughs> Suicide. You know what I mean? There's so yeah, so Sadie. There's a bunch. You know, there's a bunch that are just coming all over. And while I'm kind of blanking right now a little bit, this is just one of those symptoms of the case. You know, you get a little excited and you want to plug <laughs> a thousand people. And uh, you know, there's just some great wrestling going on out there, guys. Uh, more so, there's wrestling. some amazing. There's amazing deathmatch wrestling. There's amazing ultraviolet wrestling, extreme wrestling, hardcore wrestling. However you want to view it, however you want to call it, uh, right now it's a great. All the time. genres are getting their love. The genre. I mean, it's a great time to be a fan. Getting their love. A great time to be a fan. Uh, it's a great, it's time, a great to time to be. be a fan. To be a part of the community, it's uh, an amazing time to be a creator. It's an amazing time to be a follower. It's an amazing time to be a supporter. So whatever it is, you nothing guys. But kindred do, spirits great. coming along in the realm of professional <laughs> wrestling, man. Nothing but kindred spirits. Love it. I love it's it. It's a beautiful That's thing. It. Um, I, I want to say one more thing, just for anyone who was curious about 
getting into the realm of content creation. And I, I want to instill just a little wisdom here because I've had, I've always in the back of my mind, I've always thought, when will this end? When, like, should I walk away? I'm not getting the attention or the views that others are getting. Do not worry about the noise around you because it is only going to deter you. It is only going to sidetrack you. It is taking me two years to really come to terms that I'm sticking with this. I'm not leaving this anytime soon. I love what I do. If you do what you do and you love what you do, it is going to go such a long way. And it's just for anything, anything content creation wise, not just wrestling. Like if you love what you do, that is all you need. There you go. You guys heard it from Lauren himself, guys. Uh, I think that's word. a perfect message to honestly to end this on. I don't even. I don't. You know? I, don't wanna, <laughs> I don't even want to ruin anything. After Hell no! That's a beautiful way to uplifting like that, guys. Um, not just with content creating, though, guys. Uh, I think the important way that I could piggyback off of that comment before we wrap this up, and I'll let you know my boy Paris say his part on it as well is. And just in general, anything you do, right, um, before you begin, I think, and this is something I read to myself every day, and this is just me uh, shooting at the hip here, guys, and kind of erasing Don, Sean, and letting you guys into the mind of Sean Soto, who is I am as the man. Um, <laughs> before you begin anything, everything always has an end. And I think if you accept that and you still pursue everything you're going to do with 100% of your ability, knowing that you're doing this for what it's going to mean to you rather than what it's going to mean to everybody else, then I think you're doing the right thing with anything. Um, like he said, I don't do this for the views. I don't do it for, oh, I want to become Instagram famous or social media famous, anything like that. I'll be honest with you guys. I work around a lot of celebrities and I say a lot and I change my tone when I say that because every day, 365 days a year, I am surrounded by talent. I work in film. I work in music. I am surrounded by artists, celebrities, people who are the influencers of the world, right? Um, and none of that matters. You know, what matters is what all of this means to you on the inside. And for me, as a fan of pro wrestling, as a fan of combat sports, as a fan of fitness, as a fan of people chasing their dreams, you know, the one thing I want to let you guys remember is I'm a fan of you. So push yourselves do everything even when the road is hard don't make a mountain out of a molehill get over that molehill there's going to be 10 other molehills in your way and just remember that you and your opinion and what you're doing matters most to you and use that as your motivation don sean dunzo what you got for him saint polo man i feel like you two have just focused so beautifully i, <laughs> I can't, even, <laughs> can't even top that but yeah i feel like the number one thing is to just show up for yourself. I, I know like in in terms of like the last the last year or so has just been a lot going on. But you know, when you when you have a dream, you it's like what Dusty has is like what Dusty said like that long time ago when he won the world title. You got a dream, hold on to it and shoot for the sky. Uh there's nothing more important than showing up for yourself in the midst of pursuing that. There's nothing more important than being alive and being aware in the moment as well. I can tell you in the in the times I have been pursuing this pro wrestling dream dream in the last few months, there have been times I'm like, damn, is this really is this really for real? Am I really doing this? Is it really happening? But you know, you your and your body is like, 
your body's like saying, what the fuck, dude? Just like stop, just cease, just give, just put yourself like, you know, take yourself out of that scenario. But, but it's more of, if you want it, then you're not going to listen to the outside sources. You're not going to listen to the outside noise. You're just going to listen to yourself. And then, like I said, you're going to show up for yourself. You're going to show up and put in the hard work. You're going to show up and put in the, de- the, the hours, the long hours, the long nights and the early mornings. And you're going to appreciate yourself when it's all said and done. And when you can stand back and look at the canvas that you painted and the, and the beautiful portrait that you've painted. So if there's anything that I could say, you know, make good choices along the way. And as Sting told me on Saturday when I saw him at WrestleCon, you know, stay clean. Stay clean and stay healthy. And everything else shall follow. Love it. There you go, guys. Well, I've been Don Sean. This has been St. Polo. This has been Lauren from Your Dose of Death, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode in 2023. We got more planned for you guys. And a very, very, very big announcement. You guys will probably be seeing this mid-February. Uh, just stay tuned. Very, 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 very big talking lead announcement coming mid-March. Can't wait. Talk to you guys. Cannot wait. Thank you, guys. This has been a Countout Podcast. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Can said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I like I ever made an ad before. What 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 are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there too? <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. You heard that here, Michael Richards calling <laughs> Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. This picture you've painted for me, I, I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom. Yeah, we don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week, and now I'm in Bullet Club. And here, Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of? I think probably the best matches you've ever seen. That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything. Aha, past us did it, present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Count Out Network at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe, listen or die.